Welcome to the fourth episode in this podcast series from the Linklater's Employee Incentives Team. I'm Irit Ehrenstein, Council PSL in the team here in London. And I'm Harry Meek, an associate in the team. Our theme has been the key remuneration trends under the current corporate governance landscape. Today, we're going to talk about another current hot topic in this area. This is an issue that has definitely made its presence clear in the corporate governance landscape. Apart from the developing corporate governance code expectations, one of the hottest topics for companies at the moment is ESG, by which we mean, to state the obvious, environmental, social and governance. In a little more detail, this is about integrating those three ESG, or environmental, social and governance factors, into a specific decision-making process. So, Marit, what do we mean by these three factors? Well, firstly, environmental. This is all about climate change, carbon emissions, resource management, pollution, waste. In other words, a company's impact on its natural environment. Secondly, social. Here we're talking about inequality and inclusiveness, labour relations, investment in human capital and communities, health and safety. So how a company manages its relationships with employees, suppliers, customers, communities and society in general. Finally, governance. This is about how a company is governed. The decision-making process, board diversity, executive pay and incentives, business ethics, corporate culture, risk management, whistleblowing and leadership in corporate governance. Well, you've pretty much covered everything. I think from this, it's clear, Harry, that ESG for companies therefore runs across the whole spectrum of their operations. And this includes remuneration. For example, the FCA has confirmed that premium listed companies must make better disclosures about how climate affects their business. This applies for financial years from 1st January 2021. So the first disclosures will appear in 2022 reports, and it's likely to feed into the discussion on pay. Why do we have this increasing focus on ESG? Well, the short answer is that investors are increasingly aware of the significance of ESG and have made it clear that this will influence their investment decisions. For example, this has been a theme in BlackRock's annual letter to companies and asset managers for a while. So what we've realized is that the way a board governs a company, including its oversight of material E and S risks, should align with creating sustainable value long into the future. The ESG is, of course, not solely climate and environmental. And another aspect of it is the focus on workforce treatment, diversity strategies and corporate culture. Now, these factors have come into focus in the COVID-19 situation, as we've seen, and they're impacting pay too, both for executives and also potentially the wider workforce. So the key question has become, how do you capture ESG and executive pay design and outcomes? Well, investors such as the ISS, Investment Association and Legal and General Investment Management are all saying that companies should include strategic non-financial performance criteria, such as ESG, in variable pay. In terms of pay, say through LTIP performance metrics or balanced scorecard bonus metrics, this then raises various competing considerations. So, Harry, where ESG is introduced as a core element of corporate strategy, 
then you would expect this to feature in remuneration targets. Investor bodies are acknowledging this, but they still expect that the majority of targets are linked to financial performance. Perk have said that adding ESG metrics to pay is what they call superficially attractive, but is not without major challenges. Basically, they're not certain it makes a significant difference to behavior and are a bit skeptical on the motivational value of incentive schemes in general, especially the further out the rewards are pushed. They also say that there is a risk that ESG targets simply make it easier for schemes to pay out. Other investor bodies have in the past wanted to limit ESG targets to say a 20 to 30% weighting and they've warned that they will closely scrutinize how such targets are measured. ESG also raises internal governance considerations, which you've seen in the financial services sector. Where risks are to be reflected into remuneration outcomes, this often means the risk function, including the risk committee, are needed to ensure that all of the risks facing a business, ESG or otherwise, are appropriately weighted and reflected. And indeed, the ICSA and Chartered Governance Institute terms of reference for risk committees suggest the formal risk committee input into risk weighting for performance objectives for executive pay. Yes, Harry, it'll be really interesting to see um, how far that translates into risk committee input because that's a fairly recent development. Another recent development is the report from PWC and the Centre for Corporate Governance at the London Business School. This report looks at linking executive pay to ESG measures. Here are some of the findings. They're quite interesting. 45% of FTSE 100 companies have ESG targets in their bonus, LTIP, or both types of awards. The average weightings are 15% for bonuses and 16% for LTIP awards. The most common category for bonuses is social diversity, employee engagement, health and safety, and so on. And the most common category for LTIPs is environmental, energy transition, and decarbonisation. All DSG measures have appeared for some time. 33% of the FTSE 100 had them. Things like risk, health and safety, and employee engagement. New ESG measures relate to recent stakeholder concerns things like diversity, climate change, and sustainability. 28% of the FTSE 100 have them. But the report also highlights some significant challenges in using ESG metrics and says that companies should consider carefully whether they can achieve their ESG objectives in other ways, for example, through public commitments. All of this shows that there's a lot of food for thought on ESG and pay. This is one area of corporate governance which will no doubt keep developing. And there are those who say that the best way to use incentives to encourage long-term strategic thinking and action, and by that we mean also a positive ESG outcome by directors, is to move beyond performance conditions altogether. They want to see a switch from LTIPs to restricted stock. We'll look at this in detail in a later podcast in the series. As we've said, executive pay has always been impacted heavily by the corporate governance landscape. There are a variety of corporate governance sources which may or may not be new. What is certain is that they keep developing. With the focus on ESG added to the mix, this is an area that continues to demand focus. 
And as part of the government's agenda of restoring trust in audit and corporate governance, it's been consulting on a huge number of proposals. Most are on changes to regulator powers and to many aspects of audit. But there is also a proposal to strengthen existing powers for listed companies to withhold and recover executive pay, what we call malice and clawback. Thanks, Marie. In the next and last episode in this podcast series, we'll look at these pay proposals and discuss how they're likely to change the way executive pay is set and assessed. In the meantime, if you'd like to discuss any of the topics we've spoken about today in greater detail, please get in touch. Thank you, Harry.